Welcome to the Niche Podcast, your weekly rundown of the biotech, pharma, clinical research, and life science industries. I'm your host, Dr. Noah Goodson. This week, look closer with drops, controlled gene therapy, acquisitions and antibodies, new antifungals, new biosimilars, and several IPOs. views expressed on the niche podcast are those of the host and guests. They do not necessarily reflect the opinions of any organizations or companies with which they are affiliated. One of the single most common experiences for aging humans is the development of presbyopia, commonly called farsightedness. While there are multiple causes of poor close-up vision, a common age-related cause is the stiffening of the lens, making it difficult or impossible to focus on close-up objects. Numerous attempts have been made to generate an easy and affordable ophthalmic solution to solve this problem, but none have yet to succeed. Now, Allergan and AbbVie believe their phase 3 trial of AGN190584 may have done the trick. The therapy is a simple eye drop that has a rapid onset, increasing the ability to focus close and last for up to six hours. A key ingredient, pilocarpine, was used to treat glaucoma in the past, but had mixed results from certain side effects. I imagine this novel formulation attempts to circumvent these side effects, and according to the study, with some success. I'm not sure how the FDA will look on this study, since some of the previous concerns with pilocarpine were based on side effects in long-term use. I think it's possible the FDA will ask the sponsors to extend out the trial's length, but perhaps long-term use data from real world will suffice to assuage their concerns. For now, we'll just have to wait till the end of 2021 to see. The future of medicine may get quite complex indeed. Researchers at Children's Hospital of Philadelphia, CHOP, published a Nature paper last week highlighting a novel gene therapy dimmer switch. Basically, it's a mechanism to drive protein expression in gene therapy from oral drug consumption. The details of how precisely this works are fairly nuanced, but the basic idea is that most gene therapies insert, replace, or turn off a given gene. But in the body, gene regulation is quite complex. If you could intentionally modulate the activity of a given gene, there could be new possibilities for certain indications. The research team at CHOP have published a mechanism called X-ON, that's X superscripted O-N, that allows them to control protein expression through an oral drug route in gene therapy. Basically, you give a normal gene therapy, but then utilize an oral drug to control the levels of protein expression. Key features of X-ON include the fact that it's repeatable, you can take the drug and drive protein expression, which fades till you take the drug again. It's dose-dependent, if you need more protein, take more therapy. It can be turned off or down by no longer using the oral drug. This, of course, is a long way from clinical applications, but advancements like these in biological engineering will eventually lead to refined and precise applications that stretch far beyond human medicine. As we've said on this show before, it's a brave new world out there. Amgen has announced a $2.5 billion deal to acquire the privately held Tenio Bio. Tenio has a suite of technology around antibodies, including some pretty cool bispecific antibody solutions. Their pipeline, at least on paper, is pretty dense with partnerships across big pharma. Now, Amgen has decided they want the whole package. 
To do that, they'll be starting with a $900 million cash upfront payment, followed by milestones into the billions. It should be noted that Tenio does have core assets in preclinical and early clinical phases, many aligned with partners like GSK, Janssen, and AbbVie. With immunotherapies driving a huge portion of global pharmaceutical value, it'll be interesting to see if Amgen fully incorporates Tenio into their pipeline or if it's just another acquisition investment bet. Most of us are well aware of the growing prevalence of antibiotic-resistant bacteria. The evolutionary forces are clear. As we use antibiotics more and more, we're acting as the driver of antibiotic resistance. Our ability to fight bugs is what makes superbugs. This same turns out to be true for fungal infections. Over the last couple of decades, rare but complex and deadly fungal infections are on the rise. Despite the increase, no new antifungals have been approved in the United States in 15 years. This is in part because antifungal treatments, like antibiotics, are not all that profitable. But it's also because they're quite hard to discover and test. That's why the FDA put drug-resistant Candida auris as an urgent threat. A new therapy from Cydara Therapeutics appears to be safe and effective based on two phase three clinical trials of their novel antifungal resafungent at treating several of these rare and complex fungal cases. With other data still rolling in from another trial, don't expect an FDA submission until 2022. But for now, this is promising news on the fungal front. Biosimilars are a class of biologic medical product that are critical to providing affordable medical care. Unlike more common generics, which are small molecules made outside of the patent window, biosimilars tend to be large, complex molecules. They are similar if their biological structure and production process maintains enough similarity to the original to perform the same biological function as a medication. Viatris Incorporated and Biocon Biologics have received their first FDA approval for Simgly as a biosimilar to insulin glargine. The 351K designation gives the company's 12 months exclusive biosimilar rights in the US market. Long term, it means more competition in the long acting insulin space. For therapies like insulin that are necessary, ongoing, and life saving, producing safe and effective biosimilars is a great way to bring down the prices long term. A few noteworthy rounds of fundraising this week. First, Sophia Genetics closed a $234 million IPO. Plus, they also directly sold $20 million in private placement shares to GE Health. At this amount, you're probably thinking Sophia is a gene therapy or an oncology company. They are in fact a SaaS software as service platform for AI-driven data analytics and healthcare. The future of medicine will certainly have AI-driven integrations. Sophia is pushing some of this technology forward in genomics, radiomics, and most challenging, a multimodal integrative model. Caribou Biosciences has closed an outsized $304 million IPO. They have a diverse technology and clinical pipeline with products in CAR-T, CAR-NK for solid tumors, and a significant technology base in CRISPR-Cas gene editing they call CHR-DNA. Their CRISPR technology is used to edit the CAR-T cells and drive their therapeutic approach. If their pipeline bears fruit, they could be a valuable acquisition target since they combine those key elements of interesting pipeline plus inherently valuable technology. Artois Pharma has raised $134 million Series C round to advance their DNA damage repair, DDR, technology pipeline. 
DDR is critical to certain tumors, and disrupting this pathway could serve to directly target tumors or be used in combination therapy. Artois is still an early-stage biotech and does not have a clear clinical pipeline to date. Doubtless's new round of funding will advance them to early clinicals. Thanks for joining me on the Niche Podcast, your weekly summary of the top news in the biotech, pharma, clinical research, and life science industries. You can learn more at thenichepod.com or find us on your favorite podcast app. Like, comment, subscribe, and most of all, share with your friends. If you like what you hear, please rate and review. It really helps us. Once again, I'm Dr. Noah Goodson, and I'll see you next week.